Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. A couple of kids asked me today, they must have noticed my age, they said, what was it like when you were growing up? So I took their phones, I shut off their internet, I gave them a popsicle and I told them to go outside and come back in when the street lights come on. Ah, yes, that's how it was back in the day when our parents used to let us roam, well, not roam the streets, but, you know. Go outside and be back before dark. I've got a good wobble happening here. Just keep that there. So, yeah, it's been a crazy month. When you think about everything that's happened, it's... Over the last month, we we had a wedding in our family. Brian and Johnny got married. We had a wedding in our extended family. Cassie and James are still on their honeymoon. We had a grandchild. So good. But we also had to move the whole church. (laughs) Relocate. That was fun. Stephen's been in bed for three weeks. That hasn't been fun. It's just been one of those crazy months. And, and it's December. <laughs> it's been the best of times and it's been the worst of times. <laughs> yes, Charles Dickens. <laughs> yeah. But God's got us, hasn't he? God's got us. And uh, I, Stephen says hello And he's really sad that he can't be here because you know what he's like. He has to be pretty unwell to not be at church. He embodies that statement of David, the zeal of your house has consumed me. So it has to be serious for him not to be here. But he says hello. He says he's sorry he can't be here. But he will be here soon, won't he? Yes, that's that's what we're believing and... I was thinking this morning, the word of God says to pray on earth as it is in heaven. I know he's already healed in heaven. I'm just waiting for the on earth as it is in heaven. And it's coming. It's coming. But that doesn't make it easy. (laughs) So I just thought I would like to share some things that God's been teaching me in this valley And I might be a little bit raw and a little bit vulnerable. Is that okay? You're up for that? You're okay with that? Uh, If I cry, it's all right. I'm not having a nervous breakdown. My emotions are just just a little bit close to the surface right now. But but that's okay. So what's God been saying to me in this season? And I'm, I'm, I'm only talking about this, number one, because I feel the Holy Spirit asked me to and I said really shouldn't I wait until we're through this valley before I talk about it because then I can be a little more together and uh, you know it's always good to look back once you've seen the victory and talk about it but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me to and I felt like if I spoke about anything else today I wouldn't have been 100% authentic with you Oh, she's bringing me the tissues already. Thanks. She has faith in my self-control. <laughs> so, 
This is what my father, our father, has been saying to me. Has anybody else ever been through a crazy tough season? Yeah? Where everything's all over the shop. We all do. We all do, don't we? We've all got our thing or our things and we don't escape life without going through some valleys along the way, do we? That's just, that's just me being real. So the Father has said to me, number one, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Because at times like this, we have a choice. We can choose fear or we can choose faith. And it's just trust in two different kingdoms. That's what it comes down to. Fear is trust in the enemy's plans and faith is trust in God's plans. It's as simple as that. So I need to stay in faith. You need to stay in faith. Because the other alternative just does your head in and doesn't get you anywhere. (laughs) It totally unravels you, totally reduces you uh, to a powerless place. And that's not where God's called us to be, is it? So number one, stay in faith. Number two, he said to me, I'm teaching you a better way. I'm teaching you a better way. A better way to deal with stress. A better way to deal with, a t- with tough circumstances. A better way to deal with crisis. Because there's things that we all run to when we're going through crisis. And... My little grandbaby just walked in the back door, but don't clap because he's asleep. It's my grandmother coming out already. (laughs) Welcome to church, Ezra. Um, Yeah, so there's things, there's security blankets that we all um, reach for when we're feeling vulnerable and in pain, aren't there? And... The Holy Spirit's been highlighting some of my security blankets that I have reached for in the past because um, we've been on this journey for a while with Stephen's health and I'm learning to do it better. <laughs> that, that's part of the reason why we revisit valleys, isn't it? So we can learn to do it better. <laughs> so he can teach us a better way. So... The first one that, that I sometimes reach for, have reached for in the past, I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore because <laughs> I'm learning a better way. You guys need to be real with me today, okay? I'm bearing my heart before you. If you have ever done this, maybe you can give me a little, yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> I've done that. Um, the first one is blame. Because it's our attempt to make sense of why we're here. Why are we in this place? Why are we back here again? Why are we still in this valley or in this valley again? And so in our reasoning minds, we, we want to blame someone or something for why this is happening. Because just we feel like it helps us process what's going on. So we get this security blanket and we wrap ourselves in I know why this has happened. It's because of this or it's because of that or it's because they did this or it's because they did that. And I I found myself um, saying to Stephen this past week, you know, you really shouldn't have lifted that. (laughs) You know, you really shouldn't have dragged that. You know, you really shouldn't have done that. 
And he just looked at me like, he didn't even say anything. He just looked at me like, why are you even bringing that up right now? (laughs) Because what does it really accomplish? The fact is, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's just one of those things. And if I, if I comfort myself with blame, all it produces is resentment in the end. That's the end result of that security blanket. So um, I'm ditching the blame. It's useless. doesn't produce anything. The second security blanket that I have probably dabbled in, although I've become very aware of its dangers, um, is self-pity. Oh, why am I here? Why, Why me? Why do I have to do this again? Why can't this be over? Why am I the one that always has to be strong? You know, those kind of why statements that um, seem like, they seem comforting, they seem pacifying. But when when I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit actually gave me a picture of what self pity looks like, and it was this gnarly, gnarly, awful arm across our shoulder that seems like comfort but it's really control and it's really gripping and it and it's really sapping our energy and sapping our strength and when you when you see it like that you don't want anything to do with that it's there's actually a spirit attached to self-pity that if you partner with it long enough it gets very ugly because it becomes all about you and how hard you've done it and how tough it is for you and that's not nice. So it actually puts us in a place of powerlessness and we're not called to be powerless. We're called to be overcomers through Christ Jesus. We're not a victim. We're not called to be victims. We're called to be victorious, aren't we? So ditch the self-pity put it all the way over there. <laughs> Is this striking a note with anyone? Give me a little, yeah, give me a little thumbs up. Or is it just me that ever goes to those places? <laughs> and the last one is, I'm good at this one. <laughs> That was a bit of a maniacal laugh, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm good at this one. <laughs> Duty and striving. This is what it looks like. Oh, we're here again, are we? Okay. This is what we're doing. So I better get my big girl pants on. I better just toughen up. I better just put my face to the storm because we're going through this. So I better just do it. I better just do it. Because there's no other way, so I'll, I'll pray, I'll strive, I'll fight, I'll do whatever I have to do to get through this. It sounds very noble, 
the striving and the dutifulness. But, but what it really is is a form of independence and self-reliance. And what the Father really wants us to do is to take off the comfort, the pseudo-comfort of self-reliance and to really rely 100% on him. To just lay it at his feet and say, if I go down that road of self-reliance, it is going to burn me out. Because the word of God says in Philippians, not I can do all things in my own strength, but I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. So the only place that I can really go to find comfort is into his embrace, into his embrace, to lean into his arms and just let him sustain me because that's my eternal source of strength. That's your eternal well of strength. That's your never-ending place of strength is in his embrace, in the Father's arms. And it's so beautiful when we realise that, when we just put everything else aside and say, yes, Father, I'm coming into your arms. I'm letting you comfort me. I'm letting you strengthen me. I'm letting you embrace me. And I'm not going to strive and I'm not going to fight and I'm not going to try and be a martyr about it. (laughs) So... I just want to stop and pray right now because I feel like if the Holy Spirit has highlighted anything in your heart, because this isn't about me, this is about how we all go through these times, how we all deal with the valley. So can we just pray? And if you need to surrender anything to him right now, maybe there's another blanket that he's brought to your attention that's your go-to and it's not a healthy way of dealing with stress or crisis or difficulty so can we just pray I just want to give you an opportunity to release it to him right now are we good to do that so father we thank you that our strength is found in your arms We thank you that that's the place that you're calling us all to in every season, in every season, Lord. So, Father, we we just let go of every other security that we grasp onto when we're feeling vulnerable, fearful, depressed, afraid. Lord, we just release it. Just give it to him if you need to right now. We release it, Father, into you, at your feet. We lay it at your feet and we lean into your embrace. And we thank you for that beautiful place of comfort. 
that beautiful place of strength that is there for all of us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, do I have a clock? I do have a clock. Um, so, yeah, that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit's been saying to me because I had a couple of freak-out moments over the last couple of, um, couple of weeks. <laughs> One of them was when our dog decided to eat some of Stephen's medication. <laughs> that's just what I needed on top of everything else. Uh, that's not self-pity. That's just the truth. <laughs> um, so I had to take him to the vet so they could make him vomit and then put him on a drip for the rest of the day so that he didn't die. Oh, man, crazy. Anyway, that's just one thing I forgot to add to the list at the start. <laughs> uh, anyway, so God was he's been telling me, I'm teaching you a better way to cope. That was a little... I had a little freak-out moment and then I went to God and I said, I didn't handle that so well, did I, Lord? And he was like, no, I'm teaching you a better way. <laughs> and I love him for exposing our heart in these times. He does it for our good. He doesn't do it to shame us. He doesn't do it to beat us up. He does, he does it for our good because he says, I want you to do well. I want you to do well in every season. And so I'm showing you a better way. But it takes us to be vulnerable and to go to him and say, can you show me? I, I didn't handle it so well. <laughs> I need to do that better. I need to do that better. And that was one of the blame times where I said to Stephen, how many times have I told you to shut the cupboard and lock the door so the dog doesn't get into the... Anyway, I apologised. I apologised. So that same week I got a call from a friend and this wonderful person said to me, I've been praying for you, I've got a word for you and God's saying, don't strive in this season. Just worship him and let him love you through this. How good is that? And that just confirmed everything that God had been saying to me. And then the next day I was reading two Chronicles and it was about Jehoshaphat going into the battle and God sent a messenger to him to say, the battle is the Lord so you won't have to fight this battle. I read that the very next day. And I was like, yeah, God, you're confirming your word to me. He's so good. But I'm still learning to rest in the love of God. Because I'm, I find it hard to do nothing. Is there anyone that finds it hard to do nothing and just rest in the love of God? Because I'm a prayer warrior and my go-to is I need to pray harder I need to quote more scriptures. I need to yell at the devil a bit more. I need to do some more declarations, affirmations, proclamations. I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to get up earlier. I need to fast. That's my go-to when I'm in crisis. And for the Holy Spirit just to say to me, stop. Stop it. You've done enough. 
and just rest and I'll take it from here. That's hard for me to do that. But but it says in Ephesians 6, and all us prayer warriors love Ephesians 6, don't we? Because it talks about putting on the full armor of God. Yes, I'm going into battle. I'm going to rip into the enemy. We love Ephesians 6. Um, But verse 13 says, have we got this up on the screen? Jesse's getting this for me. Verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armour of God, yes, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, just stand and let me do, let God do the rest. And sometimes like with, with King Jehoshaphat, you can go to that story in Second Chronicles 20 um, if you want to read the full We're not going to do that now because we don't have time. But he takes him to the edge of the battle and he just says, watch me, watch me defeat the enemy on your behalf. And so sometimes we can be fully armoured up and God says, just stand there. Just stand there. You've done enough fighting. You've done enough fasting. You've done enough praying. You've done enough marching around. Just stand. Stand there and let me fight the battle for you. Isn't that good? <laughs> and for some of you, you've been, it's been a long haul in some area of your life. This is my deal. You've got your, your thing where it may have been a long haul in some area of your life. And maybe you're feeling battle weary and you're feeling tired and... The Father just wants to say to you, just let him take it from here. Just rest, worship, start thanking him for the victory, start praising him. Even if we haven't seen it yet, we know it's happened in heaven. We're just waiting for the on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So I'm learning to rest I'm learning to rest and I'm learning to just find joy in the fact that he is with me in everything. He is with me in everything. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know it's going to be over soon. No, no. Because I know you'll never let me feel any pain. No. Because I know if you love me, I'll never have to do anything difficult. No. I will fear no evil. What does it say? What does it say? Because you are with me. Because you are with me. And I'm, I'm learning to find so much joy in the fact that He's with me. He's with me in everything. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me without help. He will never abandon me. He will be my strength. He will be my shield. He goes before me. He's my deliverer and I will never walk alone. And you will never walk alone. 
He will never abandon you. He will never leave you without help. He will never forsake you. He will never refuse to comfort you. He will always be there, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing. And that in itself is such a beautiful reward. It's such a beautiful reward, just his presence. Just him being right there with us in everything. Because you are with me. So I've been worshipping. And I've been listening to this new album by Bethel, which is beautiful. And there's this particular song called I Still Believe. And there's this one line that's just been jumping out at me every time. And it says, the world may say, where is your God? When our pastor has been in bed for three weeks, the world may say, where is your God? Where is this healer that you talk about? Where is your God right now? What's he doing? Why is he allowing this? Why does he allow bad things to happen to good people? And then it says this, and we will say he's right here with us. He's right here with us. In every trial, in every hard place, in every valley, he's right here with us. He's right here. He's comforting us, sustaining us, strengthening us, teaching us. He's right here with us. We have that promise, Hebrews 13.5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I've been reading Romans chapter 8. Oh my goodness. How amazing is Romans chapter 8? It's just everything in one chapter. It's just a good meaty meal in one chapter. It's everything you need to sustain you. I so encourage you to go home and read Romans chapter 8. But I'm just going to highlight, I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time. The only reason we have to get out of here is because there's another group that come in here after us. But after this week, we're going to be allowed to stay longer. So I really missed last week and everyone had to run away. And I was like, oh, they're all gone. <laughs> Didn't get enough chats. <laughs> We'll have to hang around and just hang out with each other. That's what I love. One of the things I love about this family. Um, Where was I? So Romans 8. um, I'm just going to really skim over a few of the verses that have just been sustaining me and can sustain you. It starts off with, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How good. Everyone say, No condemnation. So even if you've been wrapping some of this around you because it was all you knew how to do in your place of pain, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we can throw it aside because he's showing us a better way, but we don't have to beat ourselves up over it because he doesn't beat us up over it. And I read this beautiful 
post by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Um, and she said, the hard and sometimes messy choices that you've made in response to fear or trauma do not define you. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you reframe your mistakes, inform your present and make better choices in the future. No condemnation. No condemnation. It doesn't matter what you've run to in the past for comfort. It doesn't matter what you've run to in the past when you've been afraid. It doesn't matter what you've run to in the past. He's teaching us a better way. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How good is that? And then verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. How good. How does he reveal his glory in us? By transforming us into the likeness of his son. Verse 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been in that place where you like... I have prayed for this situation so many times I don't even know how to pray anymore. I don't even know what to say. I don't know where to start. It says here that's okay because the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And when we don't know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. How good. He's praying for us. Verse 28, And we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. In all things God is bringing good. In all things God is bringing good. No matter how ugly it looks, no matter how hard it is, God is working good through it. And verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the likeness of his son. That's what it's all about. That's, what, that's the journey I'm on, that's the journey you're on, being conformed into the likeness of his son. That's the whole point of the valleys, is to be conformed into the likeness of Jesus. Because our prayer is, God, get me out of this pain. Stop the pain. Stop the pain, God. Stop the pain. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't cause the pain, but if you'll let me use the pain to refine some things in you, then you will go forward from here looking so much more like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we just want... We want the instant gratification. We want it to end. We want it to stop. And the journey is about sanctification, not gratification. Verse 33, Jesus Christ, second half of the, of the verse, who died and more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also, everyone say also, also, is interceding for us. 
So not only is the Holy Spirit interceding for us, but Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, also is interceding for us. How good. And verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or nakedness or sword? Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from his love. I think at times when we're in the valley, we feel separated from God's love, don't we? And we can believe the lie that if God loved me, I wouldn't have to go through this. And that's the only thing that separates us is when we start to believe that lie. But his presence in that place is proof of his love. His presence in the valley is proof of his love. Not absence from the valley, but his presence in the valley is proof of his great love for us. It doesn't always mean we always feel his presence in the valley. It might not be his manifest presence But by faith, we know that He's with us. By faith, we know that He won't leave us. Yes. And I just want to finish with this one scripture. What time do I need to be done, Carol? Now? I got, I got time to wrap it up with one scripture. You still with me? I'm, I'm, I don't want this to be a downer. If you're like, oh, I came to church because I needed motivating. I needed, you know, fueling up, topping up. Well, I hope you go away feeling encouraged this morning. So this is my last scripture. Ephesians 3.20. Who loves Ephesians? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work. Where? 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 According to his power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church. Glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And we, we read this scripture in the context of now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I could ask or imagine for me. What's God going to do for me? 
What's God going to do for me? I've got stuff I want Him to do. I've got stuff I want to, I want Him to come through on this. I want Him to come through on that. I want to see a resolution to that. I want to see this in my finances. I want to see this in my workplace. I want to see this in my family. To Him who is able to do immeasurably more than I could ever ask, hope or imagine. But it says, according to His power that's at work within us. And sometimes the immeasurably more that we're looking for externally, He is actually wanting to do internally. A transformation in our heart. Sometimes transformation in our heart looks like less happening in our circumstances. Yeah? Because that's when we have to dig deep and run into his arms and give up all our things that we rely on instead of relying on him. Even though I walk through the valley, you are with me. You are providing for me. You are sustaining me. You are strengthening me. You're wrapping me in your arms. You're giving me peace. You're giving me comfort. How good is our God? How good is our God? How good is our God? You're so good, God. You're so good, Father. What compares to your love? What compares to your comfort? What compares to staying in your arms, staying in your arms, staying in your arms? You're so good, Lord. Let's just quickly sing that song that we sang. While the, while the team comes up, let me speak it over you. You have never walked alone. You have never been abandoned. He is your inheritance. He is your strength and your shield. And I have confidence He goes before you. He's your deliverer. And you will never walk alone. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.